0: All right, people, this is the Rubin Report with a brand new set and the same old host. I'm back on the grid and we're jumping right back into the fray. Joining me today is the Executive Vice President of Development and Acquisitions at the Trump Organization and author of the new book, Liberal Privilege. Donald Trump Jr., welcome back to the Rubin Report.
1: Good to be with you, Dave.
0: That is some serious branding behind you right now. I mean, you guys are not messing around, man.
1: Always be branding, you you know the deal. I mean, the last time I was on with you, uh, we both had a book coming out at the same time. So there was a little bit of jostling, uh, you know, for dominance there. So, uh, you know, this time I figured I'm by myself so I can go all out.
0: All right, well, that's exactly where we're gonna start because we were jostling for dominance and uh, much to the chagrin of the fine people at the New York Times, at the top of your new book liberal privilege it says Donald Trump Jr. number 1 new york times best selling author are you shocked that they allowed your last book triggered to become not only to make the list i mean i made the list too yeah. just saying but but they let you be number 1 and when i say let it's because everyone knows the whole thing is made up
1: yeah, I, you know, I really was. I sort of, you know, one of the, the dreams of last year would have been to just be a fly on the wall as they had to do it. But when I looked into the real and, you know, they, they tried doing the asterisk thing and they were like, well, he had some bulk sales. Now, you know, the RNC bought like four thousand copies of the book. Now they resold them. So it's still an individual sale, but they also marked them up and resold them. They actually made a net nine hundred thousand dollar profit to the RNC for themselves. Net right? That's mm-hmm. a big deal. So it's still an in individual sales, but they said, well, asterisk because of bulk sales. I go, but well, okay. If I sold 75,000 copies in that sort of the way they do it in that week one, right? 75,000 is a huge number. I was on it's par crazy. with Elton John the week before. So it was a big number. I say, fine, take that number totally out of it. And I'm at 71. I go, well, what was number two? And they go, well, this book. I go, how many did they sell? Like 28,000. I go, so I'm 2.5 times bigger than number two, even if you take out the quote unquote bulk sales from it. So I don't think they had much of a choice, but they must've been really, really disappointed about that one.
0: Yeah, I guess there's a little liberal privilege involved in that because if you were a liberal, in this case, writing a book, then it would have been easier to, to just put you on the list without the sales but basically you sold so many they couldn't stop you. So that that's actually an interesting place to start because so this is your second book now within yep. within a year which which ain't easy. Yep. So I want to talk to you about that. Yep. But but first off, you chose to self-publish this thing yep. and I sense that this is not just about you couldn't find a publishing house. I sense you're up to something a little bigger than that. Yeah, I mean,
1: we sold over 400,000 copies of Triggered you know, the last time. So, you know, I actually turned down a much better deal than my first deal uh, from a publisher. But I, I'm sure you've heard the same thing. I mean, a lot of people who are writing now conservative books, uh, you know, I've been with a couple of them. You know, they're my friends. Uh, some of them have done just good books. Some of them have done literal, you know, New York Times bestsellers. And they show me the text messages that they get from their publishers. Hey, yeah, we don't want you talking about this. And i you know, yeah. these aren't guys that are pushing like QAnon nonsense or anything like that. They're not pushing fringe conservatism. You know, they're pushing mainstream conservatism, and basically they're being threatened with part of their livelihoods for just taking what would be a moderate conservative stance. The publisher, you know, we're not going to publish your book if you you know, comment on this person's article or retweet this individual or if you make this kind of commentary or pu- you're getting a little too hot. So, you know, honestly, I had no intention of writing another book. Uh, what w- it was the one uh, sort of unintended consequence of the lockdown was I'm at home. For four, of them, I couldn't go to work. You couldn't do anything. I'm at home, and I started looking at the guy we're supposed to be running against. And I, you know, I'm I'm seeing the media portray him as it's you know this blank slate Democrat. You know, great history, whatever. I'm like, well, let's see some details. And when I started looking, I was like, oh my god, someone has to write this down because it's literally feels like it's me versus the entire mainstream media complex. I mean, there's so much about Joe Biden, whether it's his just bad decisions, terrible decisions on trade, terrible decisions on race policy stuff that's a disaster, terrible you know, things that went on with his family, the graft. And it's not just Hunter and the shade there, but the brother and the sister. And I'm like, man, if, if we were Joe Biden with that record, this would be global news. But the media has just totally abdicated their responsibility to look into it. So I started writing all these things out. I go, you know, there there's a book here. Someone has to put it out there. Someone has to be, you know, the Oppo research guy that the media, you know, it's sort of their job, but they're refusing to do it because they're no longer journalists. They're just activists. They are left wing activists, and they refuse to talk about so many of these issues. So, I started doing it, and I said, you know what? I don't want to be beholden to a publisher. Even if I turned down a good offer, it's like, you know, that doesn't matter to me. This story has to be told. And I don't want them saying, yeah, you know what? We're going to delay until after the election or we have the power to not put it out there. I just said, you know what? I'm going to take a chance and literally do it on my own. It was pretty amazing. I guess on Monday, I was, you know, number one nonfiction on Amazon, but even more interestingly, I made it available on my website. Cause you know, so many of our you know, conservative friends, they don't want to give money to big tech and stuff like that. So just on DonJunior.com, simple. Like I literally, a buddy of mine found this. He's like, you know, that's available. I got it for almost nothing. I was amazing. Uh, you know, we're moving like about, you know, 40% of the volume that I'm moving on Amazon, just on this little website that we put together because people would rather just go direct than give money to big tech on our side. So it's doing really well. But my biggest thing is just making sure that message gets out there, that people – You know, have a chance, and there's literally 560 citations in there pointing to all of these things. So no one can say it's fake news. No one can say, no, 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 Joe Biden didn't actually do that. I mean, Joe Biden was for the wall before he was against it. He was pro-life before he was against it. He's beholden to the radical left. He supported NAFTA, TPP, China's permanent status on the World Trade Organization that destroyed more, you know, American jobs and the middle class and the manufacturing sector than anyone. But but now magically, Dave, he's going to be the savior of the middle class. I mean, you can't make this crap up.
0: All right. So I read about half the book this morning, and you, you just laid out a lot of the arguments that you made. And when I was when I was looking at it, I was thinking, you know, the the alternate title basically for this book could have been "Double Standards," right? Because that's yeah. really what you're that's really what you're saying in this book. That if my family did these things, this is how the media would have portrayed it. If my dad had made these decisions, this is what would happen. And if I had gotten the the benefits that say Hunter Biden had gotten this is how the media would have dealt it. I I've said a lot of people as, as I've gotten more comfortable, let's say with your dad, a lot of people will say to me, well, I don't get it, Dave. How could you, how could you support Trump? How, how is he, how come you don't think he's the devil? All of that kind of stuff. And what I always say is, well, he understood the media more than anything else, that Mm -hmm. it wasn't just, it wasn't just Republicans versus Democrats, it was Republicans versus Democrats Plus the media. That that to yeah. me seems to be a huge thrust of what this book is. Is it does it all boil down to the double standards thing for you? It, yeah, I mean,
1: y- yes, and, and even and, and more, right? I mean, because it, it's not just a double standard, it's just flagrant mistakes. I mean, if you just look at what's going on today, you know, there was another fake report. You know, Donald Trump suffered uh many strokes, you know, now. And he had to be treated at Walter Reed. Now the doctors at Walter Reed said, this is nonsense. It's untrue. But the media won't even talk about Joe Biden, who's literally had two brain surgeries for literally brain aneurysms. He had explosions in his brain. Now, if you ask a doctor about that, what are the chances that you could be 100% normal after one you know, brain surgery, that, you know, after an aneurysm? They'd say very little. How about two? almost impossible to be normal. Now you take that with Joe Biden's daily, daily. You saw him yesterday in Pennsylvania where they, you know, they managed to let him out of the basement basically so they could cut an ad to make it look like he's actually out there. You know, it's all from the same shot, but you know, Joe Biden was out of his basement miraculously for a few minutes, but he forgets where he is. He forgets his wife from his sister. He forgets the office he's running for. He's, he's looking at notes. You see him. I mean, he literally read the subtext read, of the yeah. teleprompter stuff. It looks like he's trying to give an organic interview, but he's reading the bullet points on a teleprompter because he can't remember them. And now you compare that with, okay, two brain aneurysms is probably an issue. Nothing to see here, folks. I mean, the cause and effect is so flagrant. And it, it would be sad, Dave, if it wasn't so scary for our country. You Joe Biden is basically, he's camouflage. For the far left. They can try to, the media will spend billions trying to sell him to middle America. It's moderate Joe, moderate Joe. But, you know, you're not a moderate with Kamala as your VP. You're not a moderate with Beto. Hell yeah, I'll take your AR 15 O'Rourke as your guns are. You're sure as heck not a moderate with the Bernie Sanders joint unity platform, which is like a com- combination of like the New Age Communist Manifesto with the Green New Deal blended into one. And Again, the media won't talk about that. So when you talk about you know, double standard, it's not even that because the playing field is so uneven with a mainstream media, that's what, 96% negative against Donald Trump? I mean, that's a lot of ground to overcome. They won't talk about the good things you saw. Well, you may have been off the grid when this happened, but they got a peace deal done in the Middle East. I
0: was just gonna bring I mean, it up, yeah.
1: This is the holy grail of geopolitical politics. Hasn't been done in a quarter of a century. They spent more time last week Fact checking my three year old nephew if, in fact, he did build a Lego White House for my father. Now, there's a picture of it, (laughs) but they spend more time talking about that because Ivanka mentioned it in her speech, attacking a three year old now. I mean, you know, Nick Sandman at 16, they destroyed him. I figured, okay, they wouldn't go much lower than that, but now they're going to a three year old to attack him. But the average American has no idea we signed a peace deal in the Middle East. And, you know, that's the insanity we're up against. So that's why this book, it's not just for, you know, People on the right, it's for people in the middle who are undecided, because if you're undecided and you're sort of going 50-50 either way, imagine you actually knew about Joe Biden and his policies. Imagine you actually heard about the Trump administration's successes, neither of which you've been made aware of. Uh, That's what this book is. It's designed to inform. And again, it's more for the people in the middle that aren't sure than it is anything else, because someone had to step up and do it.
0: So in the, in the chapter about the Biden health stuff where you talk about the brain aneurysms and everything else, and you refer to Obama's doctor and a bunch of other medical yeah. professionals in it, and you actually go out of your way to make a point that you're not trying to mock the guy and, and yeah. you have sympathy for this kind of stuff, like you're, you're not being a dick about it. You're really not. Yeah. Um, one thing that you sort of hint at is basically, and, and you sort of implied this already, that he's just kind of a puppet for something. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you really think that thing is? Like, is it, is it the party apparatus? Like who really is in charge of the DNC at this point?
1: Well, I think it's the radical left. I mean, you saw that. You saw that if you watched the DNC. I don't know if you came out of hiding yet from that one.
0: If you didn't, (laughs) I'm catching up. Catching up
1: now. It'll save you a lot of grief because if you watch that, you know, you'd think that America was the most oppressive regime ever created in the world, and that it's a terrible place. And you know, again, I watched for five days. Not one person mentioned the looting, the rioting, the violence going. Not one at the DNC. They had a week. Instead, they painted this picture of you know, America's a terrible place. If you like anything about it, you're a terrible human being, and. You know, that's the thing. I wasn't trying to make light of dementia or Alzheimer's. I mean, we all know people affected by it. The difference is those people can have a great life. They can be great parents and grandparents and have a. We're not going to give them the nuclear football. We're going we're to just pretend that didn't happen and say, Congratulations. Here's the largest economy in the world. Here's the nuclear football. I mean, if Joe Biden needs notes to talk to a reporter that's literally trying to lob him softballs, how is he going to compete against China? And Russia and Iran, like he can't remember where he is. I mean, so, you know, it's it's either insane or it's a cloak and dagger type of thing where they, you know, Mm. they cover your eyes. They pretend it's moderate Joe from Scranton, of which he's not. I mean, he's not blue collar Joe. He, He got his first elected official office in D.C. when he was in his 20s. Like he's never had a blue collar job. But, you know, he's curated this sort of lie to market himself as this way. So the radical left who's actually making all the decisions again, his platform on his website is Bernie Sanders's right? You know, his VP is Kamala Harris, who's literally left of Bernie Sanders in terms of voting record in the Senate. Like, do you think Joe Biden's going to be able to stand up to them if they're pushing for certain things? No, but the media can use him as camo, you know, to sell to middle America. No, 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 it's not going to be that radical. It's not going to be that bad. But all you have to do is look at his platform. I mean, $4 trillion tax hike to middle-class America to give free health care to illegals free education to illegals uh, free lawyers for the other ones that will start flooding our country like who's that gonna hurt probably not me it's gonna hurt our lowest income earners right who's that gonna hurt how about you in in a public school that you have the privilege of having to pay for yet again right you don't get free health care you don't get free education for your kids certainly not college or anything but you have the privilege of paying for illegals to get those benefits because it creates Democrat voters. I mean, think about how insane that is. It's not like our systems have all this excess capacity that they can handle it. I mean, they're already overworked. Our medical system is already overstressed. Our education system, honestly, our public education system is a disaster. It's 28th in the world, spending more money per child than any country in the world, it's still 28th. I mean, there are literally third world countries that are beating us in education. And the teachers union is really sure they don't wanna go back to do in-person learning. But they also don't want to do online learning. Also, part of their platform since you've been gone is they want to support BLM and defund the police. What does that have to do with educating our children? These are the radicals that we're going to be in charge. And if you just look at Joe Biden, you see the way he has to be carried off the stage after he gives a speech or, you know, speech. I say speech loosely because, you know, the hardest job in America is being his sign language interpreter because everyone, no one knows what the hell is going on. That poor guy. But it, that's what I'm saying. It's sad, but it would be sad if it wasn't more scary for America.
0: Yeah, all right, all right. You gave me You gave me a lot there, so- Sorry. <laughs> let's talk, no, no, That that's good. So let's just do the Kamala thing here for a minute because were you guys, when I say you guys, the Trump organization, the, the campaign, your dad, were, what was the feeling when, when it came out that it was Kamala? Because on one hand, I think she's probably- not as full, say, communist, Marxist, whatever that Bernie thing is. But as you just pointed out, her voting record is pretty far left. And she's an authoritarian. You know, she she did that line, that line that I keep bringing up in the debate where they asked Biden, you know, will you do an executive action on guns? And he said, well, anything I would do would have to be constitutional, which of course is the right answer. And she looked at him and laughed in his face. And now this is the person who is now his VP. How did you guys feel about the choice?
1: You know, I I, I listen. I, I sort of thought, think it's a great thing, right? Because you you know where her record is. I mean, she's literally left of Bernie in voting record. She doesn't care about those sorts of things, as you've said. It's uh, so you know she's also so disingenuous. She's just you know uh, you see that she's a phony. It's it's just been pure ambition for her whole life. And you know that's a, that's not a, a terrible trait, but it is when you basically sell out all of your principles to get there. So for us, I think it's actually a great choice. But the media also agrees because the media also wanted her to be. Number one, that's who they were pushing for, for a moment number one. Now she's terrible on the stage. She's not so warm. She's, you know, just a terrible candidate really. But for us, I love it because everyone believes she's the one that's gonna be in charge. Uh, you know, it's sort of, you know, Joe Biden picking her after she, now I got fact checked for this. They told me that I was, they threw me off Instagram for this one because I said Uh-oh. she called him a racist and she said to believe his sexual assault accusers. Cause again, Remember, when someone accuses Joe Biden, even though there's corroborating evidence, much more so, that doesn't count. Only those who accuse Trump of something with much, with no evidence, with no corroboration, with all nonsense, you know, that's to be believed. But when it happens to Joe Biden from a Senate staffer, no, 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 nothing to see here. But she did those things. And you saw her absolutely demolish him on the debate stage as it related to his racial decisions and his history there. And I get into that in the book a lot. But I said, well, she called him a racist and she said to believe his sexual assault Accusers. So of course that gets fact checked. Well, she didn't call him a racist. I go, what do you mean? They go, well, she didn't say the words racist. I go, yeah, but she went on a five-minute diatribe about how he supported busing, how he partied with segregationists, how he. I mean, she did literally everything. But no reasonable person in the world would assume that she meant anything other than yeah, I think Joe Biden's a racist. But they can fact check you as false. Uh, you know, they 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 don't seem to fact check Joe Biden in Pennsylvania yesterday or the day before when he says I'm not against fracking. I'm like, well. Here's you on that same debate stage, Joe, saying that you'd eliminate fossil fuels, that you said no new fracking. Here's you talking to another woman saying we're going to eliminate it all. I mean, there's 50 clips of him saying exactly the opposite. But because fracking is an important issue in Pennsylvania that is a swing state, the media will literally run with the lie there Mm -hmm. where it's more of a sensitive issue. They'll run with exactly the opposite and pretend as though both of them are true just depending on who they're selling to. You know, they're not fact checking. This is an egregious lie. There's tape all over the place. Not one fact check called him out on it. Not one social media site took him down for dishonesty. They let him run the clip as though it's true. It's on his platform. Just go look at his website. So Again, part of the whole thing, that's liberal privilege. You can have the best of all worlds. It doesn't matter what the truth is. It doesn't matter. We are going to sell to the American public whatever it is that they want to hear to be able to effectuate the change that they want, which is to put Joe Biden in office or whoever his puppet masters really are.
0: So is the best example of that the exact video that Biden launched his campaign with, which was the Charlottesville video, and he's yeah. basically saying your dad is supporting white supremacists, when of course, and no matter how many times we talk about this, it never makes it to mainstream media, yeah. the sentence before your dad said, find people on both sides, and of course, what he meant was of the statue debate, but- he completely condemned the KKK and the white supremacists and the neo-Nazis and everything those but the media ran cover for Biden on that. So in Biden's mind or whatever's left of it, he was just like, all right, well, I can just keep hey, running not? online.
1: Hey, why not run with it? I mean, he, he, they'll do whatever it takes to win. It's no problem, right? That's, that's what they're gonna do. By the way, they brought that up at the DNC multiple times as though literally, you're right. The first sentence led up to it. So it was clear before. It wasn't like he made a mistake and recovered. It was very clear to begin with. They play one portion of the clip and then they, talk, they forget about the second sentence, which was, and of course I'm condemning the white supremacists and the, the, the crazy people that were there because it wasn't all that, but they run with it as though it's the gospel. I mean, it's the same thing in the media. They're still running, Dave, with Russia collusion. They're still pretending like that's a real thing. Notice how no one has any interest in like looking into Comey and the FBI and Obama and Biden himself unmasking us. It's the first time we've had a non-peaceful transition of power, a great, great, great American tradition for 240 something years. Nothing to see here, folks. Now, it was a big deal for three years when they thought it worked the other way, when mm-hmm. it worked against Trump, when, when they could do that. I mean, you see the testimony of these clowns. I mean, under oath, they say X. On CNN later that day, they say exactly the opposite because no one's gonna hold them accountable. They know it's not true because they're literally under oath saying the opposite. But guess what? We get a CNN job. How about, you know, the Comeys and the Something These guys lied to Congress. Oh, well, you know, it's really bad. You shouldn't lie to Congress, but nothing to see here. I'd be in jail if I lied to Congress. They get paid big bucks to then be a CNN contributor. I mean, they're rewarded. For treason. They're awarded for lying to the country and to the American people. You know, that's sort of what we're up against. And again, that's why I, I took it upon myself to do this book when I had no intention to do it because I've been a part of it. I've, you know, if you didn't believe in the deep state, if you didn't believe in sort of these big government things prior to 2016, I, you know what? I get it. If you don't now, if you think that these people are truly just trying to represent you and they're not just taking care of themselves, you're out of your mind. Look at what my father's tried to do, you know, pulling troops out of Afghanistan, ending these never ending wars that our own generals can't even tell us why we're there anymore. You know, they they start leaking opposition research. Trump is getting soft on Russia. What? There's more (laughs) sanctions on Russia than any, than any administration in American history. But they do that because they want to stay in endless wars because they don't care about sending, you know, nice kids from middle America to go lose life and limb abroad so they can keep the military industrial complex going. And that's not just Democrats that they're a big part of it, but it's also the neocons and sort of the never Trump Republicans that hate that he's getting out. You know what? Because they want to be on the board of Raytheon for $500,000 a year. They'll do whatever it takes. They'll get their board seat. They'll do that. All of their friends get rich, sending our kids to die for something that we don't even know why we're there. And it never ends. Trump tries to pull out of these things. And you literally have people in Congress trying to literally stop him from doing it. Uh, And it's so obvious, and yet, again, nothing to see here, folks.
0: Yeah, no, it's like you've suddenly got the never war left, sort of pro war because Trump's against war. Does your dad love the fact, or do you love the fact that he has been able to make his opponents say and believe Almost anything, as long as it's in opposition to him. Like, like when he wakes up yeah. in the morning, that's got to be the the greatest joy of this whole thing is that to to get people who aren't grounded in anything other than hating one guy, you can make them he, well, he can make them believe anything or say anything.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's amazing the things you know. And again, you saw that you saw that with the riots. I mean, Donald Trump condemns the riots, so so they support them. I mean, they're literally the Democrats. Again, not one person mentioned them in the DNC. Because if Donald Trump's again, we have to take exactly the opposite approach. Finally, Joe Biden, and it was like you know a tepid response at best. While the riots aren't so good, he only said that after Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon are on CNN saying, "Oh man, it's starting to affect us in the poll numbers." That's the problem with the Democrats. You know, they could solve some of these problems, but they're not interested in solving the problems because if you solve the problem, you can't campaign on victimhood. You can't campaign on it. So finally, when it's affecting his polls, you know. Nothing to see here for the first three months of it. You know, there were wonderful, peaceful protests with buildings, I guess, that spontaneously combusted in the background. Just total coincidence, (laughs) of course, Dave. Uh, But now it's affecting him in the polls. Now we got to come out against it. I mean, what kind of leadership is that? You know, he came out of the basement to do this, to get a clip to make it seem like he hasn't been hiding in the basement. The day before that, he announces, well, I'm going to come out of hiding in 10 days to address 10 days. Well, is. Is he just hiding because he's that incompetent or is he just not capable of coming out of the basement? I mean, obviously, they'll question Trump's health at every turn. But like when he's got real issues, a real history of you know, his own dog, he's not a healthy guy. I mean, read the chapter in there. You'd say, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, you, you think this guy is going to be there at three o'clock in the morning when something really goes down and you got to. W- w- will he be with it? You know, or, what, are they giving him something so that he can appear even a little bit lucid or coherent? You know, At times, for the few seconds that they put him on air and the rest is a disaster, is he physically not capable of being out more than once a week? Because it sure looks like it to me, but no one's gonna question it. I guess I had to.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned the the peaceful transition of power that we've had here for about 240 years and that that was really at risk just three years ago. Do you think that they basically, the Democrats at this point, are basically setting the stage to not accept the results uh, no matter what, and, and when I say no matter what, I mean, I mean with, with your dad winning.
1: Yeah, of course, I mean, you, know, you saw Hillary say that. He should not accept it no matter what. I mean, in all fairness, she hasn't accepted it yet either. You know, the Democrats they talk about all these things. Remember prior to 16 she said the Trump's they're not going to they're not going to accept that they're not going to accept it. Turns out she didn't accept it. Turns out they launched an entire hoax for 4 years that the media was 100% complicit in pushing for them because it's their marketing department. You know, look at Stacey Abrams in Georgia. I mean, she still thinks she's the governor of Georgia. I mean, the Democrats have a you know a, a current history of not accepting election results uh, and, and pretending that it didn't happen. They're doing whatever they can to try to, you know, cheat, steal. You see the craziness with some of the mail-in ballots. They just want blanket ballots. I mean, there's elections that happened three months ago that they don't even know who won because they have no idea. Five people living in one apartment are getting the same ballot. I mean, it's insane, but they'll do whatever they can to win. They don't care. There's no principle there anymore.
0: So what's the plan then? Let's go on the assumption here that your dad wins. I I suspect that he will. And I think he's going to win probably by a much larger margin than, than most people think but if the media and the dems won't accept it like what's the plan to kind of get us over this hump get us to a place where even the people who you disagree with politically you know that everyone kind of feels a little more in the fold yeah. is there is there a plan do you think it's even possible
1: Listen, i think i think when he wins you know, and he's not running for election again. I think things will normalize. I, you know, I, I do think that I think people, you know, some of that hysteria will eventually go away and they'll say, fine, he's got four more years. we got to get through it. In all fairness, he built the greatest economy America's ever known. He's probably the, the guy that can do it again. You know, I, I think some of that vitriol ends. It's not going to end while there's an election ongoing. And we just got to, you know, we got to make sure we have that. We, you know, staffing up teams and, you know, poll watchers and watching for all of the things that are going to be so flagrant going on. You know, I mean, you saw the article that came out yesterday. It's like, well, Trump's probably going to win on election day, but- but by the time we count, the, you know, the, the crates oh, yeah, that show yeah, yeah. up, you know, that, that are found constantly in the back of people's truck. Oh, 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 look. Oh, oh, how many are we down by? Five thousand and one. OK, well, well I, magically, I found five thousand and two ballots here. One hundred percent of them are Democrat. Amazing how this happens. I mean, it's it's insane. So I think that, you know, people have to be watching out for that. People have to be ready for that. Let's have an open and honest election. You know, if you can loot in person, Dave, you can vote in person. Yeah you know, where where there's absentee systems in place in some of these states. Great. You know, vote that way. You know, we have no problem with absentee balloting, but the conflation of sort of mail-in voting where everyone who's ever lived at an address for the last decade, you know, a magical ballot shows up in their thing. You may not live there anymore. You have no idea to verify it, you know, and everyone's just going to turn them in and be honest and ballot harvest. I mean, no one believes that's real. I mean, look at Jerry Nadler in New York, you know, your former congressman, I mean, he's said how insane this system is. I mean, he's on the record saying, hey, it's ripe for cheating. Look at what's going on in New Jersey. Look at what went on in some of the special election stuff. You know, 60 days out, they don't even know who won. They're like, oh, we'll just give it to someone because, you know, why not? I mean, it's insanity.
0: So with all of that in mind and election coming and and all all the craziness getting ramped up, and I will tell you this, my friend, after you take a month off and you just suddenly come back to the craziness in one day, it all be particularly crazier the day you get back than, uh, than doing it every day. Um, do you think that your dad, let's say your dad wins, and do you think that we just continue with lockdowns, we continue with race riots, all of those things, like, because they sort of need it at this point, like there's almost nothing yeah. left?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I think, you know, the, the Democrats are gonna do what Democrats do. They'll blame Trump, you know, that there's riots in Democrat states, in Democrat cities run by Democrat governors and Democrat mayors and Democrat city councils, in some cases for a hundred years. And it's Trump's fault. I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone's buying that. They tried selling it just like they tried selling it as peaceful protest for a while. People were like, it's not really, oh, well, if it's not peaceful protesting, then it's Trump's fault. I was like, well, how, what happened? How do you, how do you make that flip? But they can, and they 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 will do it with a straight face. The reality is, you know, you see the stuff that came out of the CDC the other day. They said my father's peddling fake news because the CDC put out things saying that yeah, you know, listen, six uh, percent of the co- coronavirus deaths that were previously coronavirus that only six percent of them were actually coronavirus. The rest had to do with you know significant comorbidities where a big mm-hmm. percentage of those people may have been dead within the year with or without corona, and. You know, so I don't think we believe in a lockdown. We've seen the statistics; it doesn't work as effectively as everyone said it was going to do. You know, we tried that. Joe Biden, oh yeah, if someone says to lock down, I'll just lock down forever. Why not? We'll lock down forever because guess what? If your business gets destroyed, who cares? You come to us; government will help you. Congratulations! It's like a drug, Dave. They'll get to hook you on government handouts forever. And honestly, that's a winning strategy for Democrats. And, and voting because they need you to be dependent on the government. The second you're not, the second you're independent, the second you're making money, all of a sudden their policies aren't that good. They're not that helpful. Yeah. So you know they don't, that's why they don't mind the shutdowns. That's why they don't mind the constant lockdown. That's why without any science, you know, guys like the Blasio, well, wow, in, indoor dining, we're just going to shut it down forever. Like, you know, we'll just, another couple of years, why not? You know, let's wait for a vaccine. Well, there may be a vaccine or, you know, I don't know. There, there's no AIDS vaccine yet. That's been 40 years, but we're going to shut down the economy for 40 years it's, it's so,
0: insane. So, so what is the role of the federal government then? I'm sure you and your dad have talked about this. I mean, I know he yeah. basically tried to let the states do their thing. And you know my feelings on this. I think yeah. that's the right thing. But I also get your point, which is a state like California, which has a progressive governor or New York progressive governor, they in effect want to destroy themselves in essence to take out Trump. Do you think at, at some point your dad is still the president of people that live in New York and California. D- does yeah. the federal government have some responsibility then to figure out how to how to stop that nonsense?
1: Well, I, you know, uh, you're no different than the riots. I mean, we do believe in states' rights. We do believe in that sort of f- the, the federalism aspect of our constitution. That's why, you know, when the media runs, you know, Trump's a dictator, I go, you mean, because he offered, <laughs> he offered reinforcements to police agencies that are being overrun, but didn't mandate them to go in. I'm trying to say, I, I don't know how you quite come up with this, but but they will. And no matter what he does, it, it's bad. And so, you know, I, I do believe you know, there, there is that role for the states. That's important. That's a big part of what we fundamentally understand and, and agree with, that someone on the ground may know better. But I think it's more about the people in those states recognizing it. I, I live in New York City. I see it. People are fed up. They think de Blasio is incompetent. The people where my cabin is upstate, you know, why, why were we shut down? There were two cases in the entire county. We were shut down for three months. We destroyed our business. We lost, you know, the summer revenue that we'd get you know, people are sick of it. And I, so I think it'll be a little bit of a self-regulating process because, you know, these politicians all have future aspirations, you know, and while Cuomo has been heralded as the savior of America, you know, by any m- medical metric, he's 50 out of 50, you know, 50 out of yeah. 50 States, but you know, he's the hero, a guy like Ron DeSantis with a larger state, a more elderly and therefore susceptible population has one tenth the deaths, and he can't do anything right. According to the media, it's, it's insane. Uh, it, it's mind blowing. But again, I think they've overreached. The liberal privilege has become so flagrant that real people actually see through it. You know, If they're a little biased as they've been for decades, fine, you give them, a, you know, okay, fine. Maybe we discounted a little bit, but now you turn on the TV and be like, yeah, what I'm seeing is not true. What I'm seeing is Do not you, true and people get it.
0: Do you miss the, the good liberals? Because uh, we talked about this last time, but you're a New Yorker. You grew yeah. up mostly around liberals. Uh, I know you have a lot of friends that are still liberals. Like, do you miss that that New York liberal that was not sort of the bananas lefty? I,
1: I do. And it's sort of interesting. I mean, some of them are still that way. And honestly, some of them are just like, I can't believe what's going on. I'm like- you know the, the same guys that you know have for years. I mean, obviously, I'm such a big you know gun guy, right? So the same guys that for years told me, you know, why do you need an AR-15? There's no background check. It's ridiculous. You know, Don, what AR-15 should I buy? Um, what the- John, oh my God, there's a waiting period. What's going on? I want a gun. There's stuff going on in my neighborhood. I mean, I go. But for ten years, you told me that these things didn't exist because you had no idea. But that was the talking point. You know, uh, I think they're waking up to how ridiculous it's become. So, you know, it's been a little bit cathartic for me because, you know, those radicals that, you know, just you literally, you know, I used to be able to put myself in their shoes, argue their point. It's not like I stick to 100 percent conservative dogma. You know that in the conversations we've had uh, way, way before we even got into politics. I'm pretty open about that. And yet, you know, I used to be able to argue those points. I can't argue the mainstream Democrat platform anymore with a straight face and be like, this is, this is somehow good for America. Most of them can't. And, and that's the problem. They see it. So there's plenty of you know those Democrats. I know a bunch that are just like, yeah, you know, we don't love every aspect of what you're doing. But like we, we believe in economy. We believe in freedom. We believe in freedom of speech. We believe in it. and you're listing these things that, you know, I said it in my convention speech, like, you know, freedom of speech and thought that used to be a liberal value. You know, try wearing. You know, tolerance used to be a liberal value. I mean, they still run around. They're the party of tolerance. I'm saying, try wearing a MAGA hat in Portland. You know, try wearing a MAGA hat in one of these major cities. Now, if you wore a Biden hat, and I haven't seen any of them, but if if someone made one and wore (laughs) it. There's got to be one somewhere. Yeah, wear it in the most, you know, I don't want to call it MAGA country. That's a Jesse Smollett special. But like, uh, you know, in in the most conservative, no one's going to, they won't even say anything to you. They won't, they won't spit at you. They won't throw They won't beat you over the head with a brick like you're seeing in these videos. You know, they won't loot your store, cancel your business, or you know, get petitions going to, to ruin your life on Facebook. They won't do that, but try doing it the other way. So, you know, the party of tolerance isn't so tolerant. And I think a lot of reasonable Democrats, you know, uh, get that. I also think a lot of sort of that, that history, that blue collar working class union Democrat that had a tradition of voting that way, I think they get it too. They're saying, what is... You know, I used to hear it in 16. Well, you know, Don, if my grandfather knew that I was voting for a Republican, he'd be rolling over in his mm-hmm. grave. I go, well, what would he say about today's Democrat platform? Not that one. And he goes, huh, you know, you're, you're right, Don. Like, oh, my God. I go, how many genders are there? 96 or two. What would he say? You know, John F. Kennedy, you know, this pillar of the Democrat Party, he'd be all right today, Dave. He'd be canceled. God. Right. He'd be <laughs> me too and canceled and it would be over. I mean, I. Uh, it's just not your grandfather's Democrat party anymore. And I think that has ostracized, you know, so many former Democrats where they're starting to become, you know, either somewhat conservative, uh, moderates, or, or really, you know, sort of libertarian in many of their views, which are so many of my views too.
0: Yeah, I, I hear you, man. And we've had many discussions about it. Let's let's jump to a private discussion we had about it. Cause I think it'll, it'll get to something really interesting here, which is, uh, my, my audience has heard it, but one night, uh, you, you and Kimberly invited David and I to dinner at Mar-a-Lago. We, we had a really nice dinner. We, we argued about politics for two, three yeah. hours. Uh, I had a couple of drinks. You do not drink. So I'm not sure who won the arguments. But yeah. we did about three hours there. And then at the end, you, your dad was there. And by the way, this was right at the beginning of impeachment. And everybody said the walls are closing in. He's freaking yeah. out. The guy's sitting there. He has no tie on. He was with Giuliani and some people, and he's laughing and having fun. Anyway, at the end of dinner, you he said, hey, would you like to meet my dad? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'd like to meet the president. Let, let's do it. And you introduce us. And then he turns to David and he says, well, who are you? And David says, well, I'm his husband. And your dad immediately, like there was no pause. He clapped his hands together. He slapped him on the table. He said, that's great. That's just great. I wanna stand up and shake your hands. He shakes our hands. He says, the only thing wrong with you guys is you're too handsome. Melania, can you believe it? These handsome guys are married. And it was just so obvious to me that in this completely unscripted, unplanned moment, where you just brought us up to him, that he he actually said, I don't know if he wants me saying it, but I've said it before. He said, I want you guys to know something. I don't give a shit, and I don't think anyone's given a shit in, in 20 years, talking about, about gay marriage or whatever. Um, right. How do you get over the labels when it comes to something like that? Just yeah. the base stuff, your dad is, or your family is homophobic or they're racist. Because yeah. no matter how many times I tell that story, people say I'm a sellout somehow, or so, yeah. you know, some version of some of that stuff. No,
1: well, the, re- the reality is this, Donald Trump is the first person to run for president of the United States that when he ran, he was for gay marriage. I mean, Obama was against it because he was told he had to be against it. And maybe he wasn't in his actual convictions, but as part of his platform, he was against it because that's what they had to do, right? That, you listen to the talking points and you must succumb to them. So, you know, again, Donald Trump's been way ahead of that curve. I think we have, we've, we're from New York. I mean, it's like <laughs> a pretty big percentage of the people around us at any given time are probably, I, we just don't care what you do in your own, you know, bet, who gives a shit? No one, no one's going to care. It's one of those issues. You're right. I mean, we're already there, frankly, but it's one of years it'll be even, even different, right? Even, even more so. I mean, even some of the older school people that, you know, maybe a little bit more, you know, just kind of read the sort of the older religious dogma on it. Like, no one cares. Even the people that say they care, no, they don't care. They sort of, they feel obligated to do it. Donald Trump just had the guts to be like, Hey, I don't care. I'm running for the Republican you know, nomination. And this is not an issue for me whatsoever. Go ha- have at it. I always joke, you know, the, the best wedding I ever went to was a gay wedding because it was on a Tuesday. They were like, well, yeah, we don't want to screw up your weekend. We're just going to have fun on a Tuesday. I'm like, that's perfect. <laughs> that's, this is the greatest wedding ever. I don't have to lose my whole weekend. That's awesome. I love you guys. Um, and so you know he hasn't, came, but again, you see it every day. Donald Trump has been so. proud. think you guys didn't have a problem with Obama literally running against gay marriage in 2008, but Donald Trump yeah. runs as a as a conservative, you know, literally going against the you know the more traditional dog. Again, I don't think it's a party platform issue at this point. I don't like I said, I don't think anyone cares. They they probably haven't for a while, but he literally said, I don't care. Well, you know, guess what? You know, you're a Republican. You're trying to get the evangelical vote, and you still say, hey, I don't care about that. Let people live and let live. I mean, the Republican party is the true party of tolerance. Now that doesn't mean, you know, And I've been open about this too. And it doesn't mean I don't draw the line. Some places, again, I don't care how you even identify. Where I start to care is when, you know, you're 6'2", 285 and jacked, and you decide you wanna be a woman and compete against, you know, my daughter in sports. You know, I. I don't identify how you want, That's but you start taking her scholarship. I have a problem. I wonder where the people who fought for title IX are. How come they won't say anything, but it's interesting when I've come out on some of those things. And again, I don't give a crap if you're trans or not. That makes no difference to me. It's when you sort of, let's, let's have the best. Let's take a female athlete. Who's top of her game. Who's worked her whole life. I'm a journeyman male athlete. It's not working out so well. Congratulations. I'm going to flip and Now I'm a state champion. I'm getting your scholarship. I have a problem with that. And I've said it. I've been very vocal about it. I've, I've even put it out on Twitter. And it's interesting because if I put out anything on Twitter, you know, before someone could have even read, you know, read my tweet, they're up there with the hate mail and the hate commentary. But when I do that one, it's sort of interesting. I get this note like, damn it. Oh, man. I don't, <laughs> God damn it. I, I hate him. But I'm with Don Jr. on this one. You know, but yeah. the Democrat party doesn't have the sense to stand up and say enough is enough, identify how you want, but let's like, let's not start destroying opportunities for females. And like I said, where, where are all the feminists, you know, on, on this issue? I mean, basically this basic should be, biology, This should be their
0: biggest issue, yeah.
1: But they won't, so that's why, you know, issue. it's important for Trump to be able to acknowledge these things, to be able to combat it, to not just blindly follow the dogma, but with the left today, you know, you have to be woke. And if you're not woke enough, that by itself is now cancelable, Dave. You, you get canceled for not being woke. But again, the, it's not like the goalposts are fixed. The goalposts move ever and ever. Like you can wake up one day, you were woke yesterday, by today, you're all right. You haven't kept up with the, the latest batshit crazy concept you know that they're jamming down your throats as a narrative. And if you don't get there, you're out. You know You yeah. might as well be full-fledged conservative, even if you're 99% liberal.
0: Do you see a reason for that? I mean, I've been saying for a while now that the fundamental reason for that is that basically if you're on the right, if you're a conservative, that you believe in individual rights. That's the number one thing. You believe that everyone should be treated equally under the law. It doesn't mean you act like it all the time, but that's sort of the fundamental principle. I can't figure out what the fundamental principle is of the left anymore other than government. And that is an ever-moving goalpost.
1: It, it is, and I can't either. Like I said, I literally can't keep up. By the time we get done with this talk, I can look on my Twitter feed and be like, wow, like new outrage cycle, probably three or four of them. Like things that at any other point in time in history wouldn't be even remotely outrageous, let alone contentious. Uh, but it's like it's a race who can outvoke themselves to the point where it's become a parody. I mean, it's a shame because it doesn't mean there's not issues in the world that we don't have to address, but when you scream panic, when you're screaming fire in a crowded theater every time there's something and everyone mobilizes immediately, where's the problem? You, you, You desensitize people to real issues. I mean, racism, one of those things. I call it sort of the easy button of the left. You know, if I can't win an argument, if I don't have facts to back me up, if I don't have statistics, racist, obviously. I mean, it was what, like, well, what do you we do? what talking- is,
0: what does your dad do? What, what does your dad do to combat the fact that it works? It doesn't matter if he's on stage during the state of the union saying black unemployment all time low and the congressional black caucus sits there like this. I thought they would maybe applaud that or be happy about that. Yeah. But what do you do to just combat the horrific way that that nonsense sticks?
1: I, I think honestly, you just got to keep fighting and you got to keep winning. You know, I don't I don't think there's a chance that in. In any time soon, you know the media is going to become unbiased. I, I don't think you do that. I think you have to just keep winning. You have to put up the numbers. You have to make sure that a reasonable amount of the people see that. And I think they do. I think if you look at you know our numbers within the you know African American community right now, and they they get it. They see what's going. They don't want violence in their streets. You know they're watching the media. You know as their businesses are burning down. You know many of these businesses are minority owned. They're burning down, and no one's looking to help them. They're looking to get them you know a picture of it as though this is somehow Trump's fault. But I think they see through it. You know, it's, it's harder to get through, you know, those levels, especially in the big and inner cities, you know, because there's such a stranglehold by the Democrat Party within those cities that to get mm-hmm. the information to disseminate down, you know, to, to the voter uh, is hard. You're, getting, you're going through so many levels of filters. But I always say, like, you know, if Joe Biden knew how to fix racial issues, you know, why didn't he do it by now? I mean, he had 50 years. He was vice president for eight years under Obama, the first African-American president. Like, if you really wanted to fix it, you could have focused on opportunity zones. You could have even tried. They had the House and the Senate. They didn't even attempt it because they need you to be a victim. They need to be able to come back to you every four years. You're a victim. So, well, why didn't you fix it in your half a century, Joe? You know, is anyone dumb enough to believe that he's gonna somehow fix it now?
0: Yeah, well, speaking of fixing stuff, people kind of forget because you're thought of now as, as a political guy, although that really is not what you what you truly are, at least at the day-to-day level. Um, you, you're running Trump properties and Trump hotels and all that stuff. We spoke a little bit right at the beginning of of the lockdown. And you you were freaking out about what was happening to the economy and employees yeah. that you had had. I think you told me there was there was a guy that you had had for like 35 years that yeah. you were going to have to temporarily furlough or something like a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Where are you guys at business wise right now? What's going on with just hotel business and, and the other stuff that you care about and spend most of your day talking about?
1: Yeah, listen, that's not easy. The hotel business, you know, people aren't traveling. The cities are locked down. You can't have dining. You got to wear masks. I mean, you know, it's not a great time to be in the hotel business. Now, you know, for better or worse, unlike Hunter Biden, we used to be international business people, too. Uh, We stopped doing new international deals. You know, when my father took office to avoid even the notion of impropriety. Now, Hunter Biden became an international business miraculously, uh, became an international businessman when his father took the VP. So we're doing the best we can with some of our, you know, the clubs and stuff like that. People are actually good. They want to get outside. Their golf clubs are doing well. Hotels is a rough business right now, but we got to fight through that and we got to build back the economy. But I think that's what's important about Trump. He's the guy that did it once before. He's the guy that, despite like probably more incoming fire than any president in modern history, built the greatest economy we've ever known, created the lowest employment numbers, cut the red tape and the bureaucracy, cut taxes so that businesses could employ more people, wages were going up for the lowest income earners. Like, He's the guy that can do it again coming out of this crisis, coming out of a global pandemic caused by China. Now, Joe Biden, when Donald Trump shut down travel from China, Joe Biden called him a racist. I mean, at what point in history, Dave, would shutting down travel from the epicenter of a deadly viral outbreak be anything other than common sense? Was it racist when we did it from Europe, too? No, but that allowed us to slow down the spread. It allowed us to create you know, ventilators, public-private partnerships to do that, get the PPE in the hospitals. I mean, it's a virus. It's not like you can stop it, but their screen, they would have left the country open for a month, overwhelmed our systems. you know. But again, that liberal privilege allows you to basically not have a solution, say that Trump did it all wrong, despite the facts, despite the positions that they were taking at the time. And it's like a big win and the media cheers them on as though he did something competent. And they, they clearly won't talk about Joe Biden and the Obama administration's response to swine flu in 2009. Luckily, that wasn't as deadly as this, thank God but literally tens of thousands of people had it before they did anything. Then they didn't replenish their stocks. Joe Biden had a similar role to Mike Pence. Uh, you know, back in 2009 on this and his own guy, his guy said, man, we got lucky this thing wasn't deadly because we literally did everything wrong. It's in the book. I mean, I, I do a chapter on that one because conveniently, because it was the Obama administration, they were infallible. They could do nothing wrong, even when they had glaring errors. So people won't hear that. They need to see the corollary before they're sold this notion that Joe Biden would have somehow done it so much better because they had their chance. They blew that too.
0: All right. Well, we've done about 49 minutes, according to that clock right there, and we haven't talked about big tech. And I would say maybe Ah. more than anybody, you're in the center of the big tech fight. Um, As most of my audience knows, uh, you now have a community on Locals, which is the tech company I started and You own it. You control it. You can do whatever you want with it. And every time you get booted off Twitter, you can put your put your stuff on Locals so you're safe and your audience can find you. But do you think that perhaps the biggest liberal privilege that exists is the privilege to be able to say what you want on big tech platforms and not be suspended while a guy like you or plenty of other just right-leaning people, we're not talking about alt-right racists and we're not talking about people that are threatening to murder people, uh, are, are gonna get the boot?
1: A hundred percent. I mean, you know, I've been vocal about this for years. I, you know, I've been thrown off every platform imaginable. Again, not for pushing anything crazy, but for pushing basic, you know, conservative thought. Uh, you know, you talk about the alt right. I'm not defending them in any way, shape, or form. But you know, there's an alt left. There's, a, there's a super radical left, a hate-filled organization. You know, whether it's Hezbollah, whether it's the Ayatollah talking. I mean, just yesterday, anti-Semitic tropes. on Twitter, Well, that doesn't violate community guidelines. Twitter a few weeks ago, China putting out disinformation. I mean, they acknowledge these are Chinese government officials disseminating coronavirus disinformation on Twitter does not violate their community standards. But me putting up a tweet about a couple of doctors treating patients with hydroxychloroquine in the field, medical doctors doing it, seeing real results. I say, wow, this is great. I didn't even say, hey, this is fact. I said, interesting, because it's very different than the narrative we've been spoon-fed. I got thrown off Twitter.
0: Um, yeah, that, was, that but, was the one that booted you off Twitter right before I left, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I got I got in trouble with Instagram back in the day when I called out Jesse Smollett, and I just said, I don't know, like if this happened in America, you know, fry those bastards. That shit well, does not fly here. Uh, but has anyone like you know looked into the story? Because you know I see Ellen and every Today Show, and oh my God, it was their dream come true. You know, white supremacists wearing manga hats in Chicago. Like I go, you think they would have lasted more than ten or twelve seconds without getting shot? Like do you think like these guys? knew who Jesse Smollett is. Cause I don't know. I, I don't know many white supremacists. I don't think I know any, and I, I wouldn't associate with them if I knew they were, but I have a feeling they're not watching empire. I mean, you know, I just don't think, you know, <laughs> I don't think it's a show for them. Like if you're a white supremacist, you're probably not watching empire. You probably don't assume that this really rich actor is going to go get subway at 2.00 AM on the coldest night of the year. You know, I've been all over, and then, you know, and then leave my,
0: the news. He left. the Yeah, well, the, for a the little hours. shoestring
1: news. It was like twine. I'm like, I don't know. It, you know. if the guy's a decent actor, maybe. I haven't seen the show, but like, he's not a good writer. But I was the yeah. only person in America with, you know, like, let's call it, with a following, with something to lose. That was like, okay, screw this. Like, I'm all in because this has to be bullshit. Now, if I was wrong, I'm over. Right? It's can I'm canceled forever. Um, but I, I got, you know, Donald Trump Jr. spreading hate. He's an anti-this. He's not a terrible human being. Well, it turns out I was right. Uh, it turns out I was right. Uh, you know, no one questioned it because it was so good they had to push it. So, you know, to get thrown off platforms, you, the most vile people on the left—whether well, that's pornographic, whether that's this, whether it's you know anti-Semitic—not one has ever been thrown off Twitter. Not one has ever taken their content down. Not one gets fact-checked, like like Joe Biden and the Pennsylvania stuff. Even the, the it's one-sided. You've never heard of one of those instances. Deplatforming, demonetization, and so it, it's a real threat. They are heavily putting. Uh, their foot on the scale of this election. It's, it's literally, like I said earlier, it's why I made my book available on DonJr.com rather than just on Amazon or you know any of the other platforms. You can get them there if you want the one-click shopping. But like a lot of our guys were like, I just don't want to give it to Amazon. I just don't want to do it. I was like, okay, here's another option for you. And like I said, I'm moving a, like a really big amount of volume just on my own little website because they don't want to go to Amazon because they see you know, what's going on with big tech. Now, Amazon, I don't think they've done anything with me on that one. It's, you know, the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, they, they play much more games. Uh, I, I don't know that they're playing games with me on Amazon. I didn't notice it the last time around, uh, but people don't want to support that. And we need to create an environment. People have said, you know, well, start conservative Twitter. I was like, I don't, I don't really want to do that either because I actually want to have the argument. May the best mm-hmm. idea win. I mean, that's a concept that goes deep in American history. Um, they don't even want to hear the corollary. They're gonna spoon feed you a narrative. That is the narrative, that is it. You cannot question it, you're not allowed to touch it. If you do, uh, you're canceled and you're over. Uh, that's really scary for the future of our country and for the next generation.
0: So what do you want to happen with big tech? I mean, we see, you know, every few months we trot out Zuckerberg and we trot out, you know, Jack yeah. from Twitter and, and the rest of them. And they, they, you know, say what either may or may not be true or get caught in half lies or everything else. Um, And then, you know, your dad did roll back some of their protections with Section 230 of the Communications Act. But what what do you actually think is the right thing? And and do you think it's kind of too late relative to an election that's going to happen in about two months?
1: It will be for this election. You know, they've been putting their foot on the scale for the last four years. They've been pushing the Russia disinformation, you know, the inboxing is a big issue, you know, because that's not just social media, right? That's, you know, information. You know, if you sign up for five Democrat Congress people that are running for Congress right now and sign up for five Republicans, check your junk mail, which, which ones are going to your junk mail and which ones are ending up at the top of your inbox. I mean, Google and all those places, they're doing that kind of stuff, too. They're really, you know, Putting it on there. But The big problem that we've always faced, and you and I, I know we've had this conversation, is that a lot of conservatives don't even understand the issue. You know, you had an old, mm-hmm. you know, conservative senator, he's got a 25 year old running at social media, has no idea, he doesn't see it. You know, when I hit send, I know what it's going to do until the algorithm kicks in and screws with me. You know, I, I yeah. know within a couple of l- likes how many retweets that one's going to get versus this one. I'll be like, I'll send this one. It's not great, but it'll do okay. This one's going to go big. You know, I know, and I've seen it, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. Stop it's over. You know, the the algorithm catches it and and censors it. The problem is for so long, so many Republicans don't even realize that it's an issue. They don't realize it's a top issue with their base who just want that freedom of speech. You know, if you're pro-life, if you're pro-Second Amendment, if you're religious, I mean, your accounts get scrutinized, you know, screwed with much more than, than anything else. And so a big part of what I've tried to do is wake up conservatives. They do this whole, well, it's free market. No, it's not. It's not free market when you're getting billions of dollars in liability protections from the federal government and you're acting as a publisher deciding who's going to magically show up in a Google search. I mean, look at Breitbart. You can't even find Breitbart on Google. It will, it will not. But if you issue, do something, you know, BuzzFeed, all the left wing rags, you know, they'll show up as though that is the gospel. You, you can't you don't even have that access to the information unless you literally know the URL that you're looking to find. And so, you know, that, that affects it. So we we got to stop going with this notion that it's free market. We have to wake up conservatives to understand what's actually going on. Uh, a, a bunch more guys are, are doing that. I mean, you know, Josh Hawley's done a pretty good job in the Senate with that. Kevin McCarthy in the House. But we got to get everyone else on board and push for it because there is a point where, you know, they're going to have more power uh, than anyone in government uh, in, in terms of the ability to shape hearts and minds uh, w- with misinformation or otherwise. And they're already doing it.
0: Yeah. All right, Junior. I got one more for you. Do, well, no, I'm going to ask it in a different way. I was going to say, do you think your dad's going to win the election? I'm not going to say that. I know you think that. Um, Play out the rest of the year for me. Just play out what you think the next two months will be like, election day, and then what happens in January.
1: Well, listen. You know, next couple of months will be brutal. You know, we're we're gonna work. Joe's gonna go from his basement, and the media is gonna pretend that he's doing something. Uh, you know, I, I think we'll be able to, you know, paint that picture for the American public like the the RNC did. You know, with, with the, those incredible images and stories uh, versus the, you know the DNC. Uh, I think we'll continue to do that. I think you see that. You know, the the Democrats are just staffing up legal teams. I mean, they, they, they haven't bothered to try to create a ground game because they know there's no enthusiasm. So what they're doing is staffing up legal teams to try to game it out later on. Uh, so I, I see that being the case, which is why so many people have to mobilize. Get your friends out. Make sure they vote. You know, don't sit on the sidelines because we I, honestly, in my opinion, we have to will, win overwhelmingly. Um, you know, to get over that hump uh, of the games that will be played on the other side. And I think if we do that, uh, you know, a, a lot of that fire goes away because once they're sort of stuck with Trump for another four years, you know, they'll deal with it. They'll move on. They'll start their battle for 2024 on about November 4th. COVID will magically uh, not be the talking point that it has been because, you know, once once it's over, you don't need that fear over people anymore. We can get back to leaving, living our lives a little bit more normal. Doesn't mean we won't still have to deal with it a little bit, but I imagine it's going to be very different. Uh, And you'll give Donald Trump another four years to build back uh, that economy and then some. Focus on things that he's, he's a builder, first and foremost. You said that earlier. I mean, let's do some infrastructure for America. Rather than building roads, tunnels, and bridges in Afghanistan that blow up the next day, let's do that here. Let's bring our troops home. Let's put them to work here. Let's create infrastructure for America. Put Americans back to work. I mean, that would be Donald Trump's wheelhouse. And I think, you know, once you get through an election cycle, you'll see Democrats and the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, you know, maybe finally willing to actually try to help rather than try to be a hindrance at every step of the way. Because once they're stuck with him for the last thing, he's not up for reelection anymore. Uh, you know, Hopefully you, you infuse some normalcy uh, back into political discourse.
0: I didn't know, you're a dreamer. I can't believe it. <laughs> hey, everyone's gotta have hopes. All right, the book is Liberal Privilege by New York Times best-selling author, Don Jr. Don, thanks for doing the show.